Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Have you felt that God's going to do something? There's something new, something else that you feel that God is going to do. Do you feel that uh, there's something that God's going to do and not sure what it is? Well, that's the Holy Ghost urging, prompting us as the body of Christ to the new thing that he is doing. It is the Holy Ghost. It is Christ in you, the lifting up us, us up into a higher glory. Not in Pentecost. Now that is essential, not in Pentecost. It's something that God's going to do and you can feel it at the door. Well, it's time is now, it's happening now. Let's we take a look at the ministry voice of Jesus in the Feast of Trumpets under the season of tabernacles in the seventh month, which is a shadow of things to come in the Leviticus 23 Feast of the Lord, which are God's divine appointments with men. And we've already been through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, Christ's sacrifice for us. Then we receive the Holy Ghost, Acts 2. Then born again of the water and the Spirit, Acts 2.38. Receiving the Holy Ghost, born of the water and the Spirit. Then he leads us on unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which is a commandment. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. But he gave us a fivefold ministry to do that. And it's through Christ, through the perfection, not of any of works that we should boast but the works of righteousness, which we obtain through obedience. So whosoever we yield our members of servants to obey, him of the servants to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And that yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. In this podcast, we will go into that ministry voice of Jesus, what we are all called for. It's essential that we understand the book of the Revelation is written to the servants of God. It's not written to national Israel. It's not written to those that miss the rapture. It is to the church of the living God. And as we see the overcomers in Revelation, the second and third chapter, then we have John in Revelation 4, that there's a door open in heaven. This is a higher revelation of Jesus, Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, Jesus Christ. There's a door open there in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, John said. Come up hither and I'll show you things which which will come to pass hereafter. Now, John wrote that in about 92 AD, well past the destruction of the temple in 70 AD by Titus, son of Vespasian. So what does it mean to us? It's been in the Pentecostal age for 2,000 years now, now we're in a new season, still the church age, just a higher season. And now going from Pentecost to Tabernacle. Before the day of the Lord, there will be a ministry voice of Jesus. For this gospel will be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Not a trinity, not a binary, not a oneness doctrine, but a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, that he alone is God, and beside him there is no other God. There's no God Jr. Christ is Christ. Christ is the Spirit that took on a body of flesh and blood as Christ the man, 
death, burial, and resurrected, and then repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in his name and enter into his glory. And that is that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. Acts 2.36. So what does it mean to us? Somebody say, well, I can feel that's something that God wants. There's more. There's something more. I can feel it in my spirit. There's something more that God wants out of you, out of me, all of us. Well, it's the work of the ministry. It is those that press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We see that there is a sealing of God's servants in their foreheads. That's not national Israel. It's the church of the living God called by his name. He changes the orders of the tribes there. And then we see that in Revelation 8, there are the trumpets of God. First the seals, then the trumpets. The trumpets are the trumpet voice of Jesus, and he's rendering judgments in the earth. Now, all God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. When judgments in the earth, men will learn righteousness. They'll learn the true God and eternal life. It's not to destroy mankind, but to bring us all into the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is, that all may know him from the least to the greatest. In Revelation 8, we'll see that he opened the seventh seal. Now, in that seventh seal, we're going to have seven trumpets in the seventh seal. And we're going to take a look at the seven angels, Angelos, to who they are. And uh, we see in verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And this is the trumpet voice of Jesus. The worldly church does not have a trumpet. We see that in Daniel 3, verse 5, 10, and 15. The worldly church uses a cornet. It's similar, but it cannot hit the shrill, piercing, clarion tone of the trumpet that pierces the heart of man for reproof, rebuke, and correction. They use a cornet, a flute, a harp, a sackbut, sultry, a dulcimer. That'll charm a snake. It'll, it'll charm a king cobra. So the righteous are in the church are sitting right along with the wicked, the weak along with the chaff. But there's going to be a division there's going to be a threshing floor. And it's going to come over the glory from the, the threshing pole of the house. And how is he going to use it? We're going to see it's going to go over. The glory of the Lord is going to come from the threshold of the house of God and be found over the cherubim, the living creatures of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Now, as we see... In Revelation 8, there's fire. We see there in verse 3 of Revelation 8, another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. Now, there's golden censer within the veil. Normally, the golden censer, the altar of incense, is in the sanctuary, the holy place, along with the candlestick and the table of shewbread. But now... We're seeing this is going before the throne of God. And as we see that angel having that golden censer, and there was given unto him 
much incense. The altar of incense on that golden censer that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So this is letting us know that this is a time coming before the Day of Atonement that the altar of incense is going within the veil. It's a time of perfection. It's a time there in the preparation that is going to have the incense poured out upon before the mercy seat seven times. And this is where we see the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Prophecy, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of All Feasts, the Feast of Prophecy for the words of the book of this prophecy. And we see there that the smoke of the incense, we want to focus on verse 4 and 5, the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. We're going to see in Revelation 7, the angel, having the seal of the living God, ascends. Having the seal of the living God ascending from the east. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. And we see here that these prayers are ascending up before God, out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer. Verse 5 is what we're focusing on. The angel took the censer, the golden censer, filled it with the fire off of the altar. That's the altar of burnt offering. Cast it into the earth. Now we have that fire, along with the prayers of the saints, in the earth. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Now, everything God does, he does nothing save he show it to his servants, the prophets. Now, that in the Old Testament, God spoken to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. Who's the, whom he's appointed heir of all things. That's the body of Christ. So everyone in the body of Christ is to know this work of the ministry, not having to seek to a prophet, though that there is a fivefold for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And they're the servants of God, which are the body of Christ's servants to, for them to be perfected for the work of the ministry. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for that purpose. He uses two of those offices. As Paul states, that revelation of Christ, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. That's the spirit. But all come in. The evangelists, pastors and teachers all speak the same thing in one mind and one accord and the unity of the faith. All believing the truth the present truth of the word of God. We see here that there is and the angel's hand, that fire cast into the earth, that censer, golden censer with the prayers of the saints, the fire off the altar. And there were voices. Now the voice is the voice of a host, the voice of a multitude, the voice of many waters. That's the voice of the Lord being through the host of God, the church of the living God. 
and thunderings. That's the, the thunderings were offering uh, their voices. And as the voices were being spoke by the seven thunders, John was about to write. He said, write it not. Then there was a little book that was in the angel's hand, told John to eat you all of it, take it and eat all of it. All of that word, not partial truth, all truth. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, bitter to your belly. Now we're going to see what this is and where the reference is to these living creatures in the book of Ezekiel and in the apocalyptic sealing of the saints in Revelation 7. We're seeing the thunderings. There is the ministry voice of Jesus in understanding. The lightning is the effulgence of truth in Revelation. But thunderings always follow the lightning. After you have that revelation of Jesus, then that faith will be tried as by fire that it can come forth as pure gold. Tried in the fire. And the thunderings as we hear that voice and have the understanding of it. Then the voice is we preach it. The earthquake is it shakes the earth. And that's a sevenfold. Now, as we take a look and look at the book of Ezekiel, we're going to see that in Ezekiel, the first chapter of the cherubim of glory coming out of a fire unfolding itself, having the appearance of a man, Jesus ahead and we the body of the Christ. And they four had their four faces, the same face as Jesus. Lion, man, ox, and eagle. Jesus is a lion of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. Perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He's a suffering servant, the ox, in the gospel according to Luke. And he is that eagle in the gospel according to John. That cherubim is a capital C. It's God himself in his four faces there. In Genesis 3.24, he said cherubim at the east end of the garden of God along with a flaming sword. Now we know the flaming sword is the word of God. Jesus is the word. He is also showing forth that manifestation. God manifests in the flesh in his four faces. And we see that in 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God not of ourselves. What is it revealed? The Lord is that spirit. Jesus is the Lord. He is that spirit. Not a spirit man, God man. He is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's the law of liberty. That's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that we're to stand in that law of liberty and be not uh, entangled again with yoke of bondage. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, not seeing through a glass darkly now in partial truth, but seeing through a glass the glory of the Lord, full glory, the full measure of the statue of Jesus, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's progressive. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. It's progressive truth, progressive faith, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord, not of any of our works, which we have done, that none can boast, but it's by the effectual working of the Holy Ghost in and through the body of Christ and obedience then brings forth the glory, glorifying our Lord Jesus in heaven. 
Now we look at uh, that Ezekiel 4, and we see there's a voice of a great rushing. There is a role there in Ezekiel 3. We mentioned that in John in Revelation 10, that he was to eat the little book. But first he had to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You have to be stirred up. You have to be earnestly seeking the Lord your God, diligently seeking him. And those that do will be led into this higher glory in the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Just as John took that book and ate all of it, it was sweet to his mouth as honey. That's a revelation of the word of God. He ate all of it. Not partial truth, but all of it, all truth. It was sweet to his mouth as honey. That's a revelation. That's the lightning and thunder. Having, having the understanding of that book. Some of thunders out of their voices. He was about to write, and God said, no, you don't write it. It's coming through an individual seeking the voice of the Lord and eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. That's the only way an individual believer can find and understand and do the will of God for his or her individual life, every member being given a measure of faith. Whatever God has called each member to do, he's enabled that member in the body of Christ with the measure of faith to accomplish that. So we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure, through the faith that he has given to each of us according to the measure of the Spirit that he has that metron or measure of faith given to each one, different ministrations, different ministries, albeit the same spirit, so that the bones come together and join together in whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. So it's fitly framed together by the Lord Jesus Christ, working together and compacting it through the measure of every part. The measure of every part is the measure of faith given to each part. Not that we can boast, but that Jesus in us for his glory, his honor, working that salvation, justification, and ultimate glorification in and through us, the body of Christ. We find it here in Ezekiel 3 that John eating that book and sweet to his mouth as honey. That book is the Bibliorhythian, the little book. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can anything to it? Because if we add anything to the words of the book of this prophecy, the plagues of this book will be added to us. If we take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, then our name will be blotted out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. Very serious. There in Ezekiel 3, there was uh, to the Son of Man. Now the Son of Man office is the kingdom office of the Spirit. Jesus Christ, yes. But it's included that we are in with him, the bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, that he is the head and we are the body of the Christ, members in particular. And it's said there that Ezekiel was to take that roll and eat it and then speak to the people of God, the house of Israel. And he, and he said, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat. 
fill thy bowels with this roll that I give you. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. That's the revelation of the word of God. For butter and honey shall everyone eat that is left in the land. To refuse the evil and choose the good. And he said, speak my word. Now, we're going to see that that is the body of Christ. That John, after he eats it in Revelation 10, sweet to his mouth is honey, bitter to his belly. That's the sufferings and the bitter herbs uh, that go with it. Not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. That he was again to prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That is not John being raised from the dead, coming back and coming into the earth to preach again. It's the body of Christ. Just as John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming, so John and the body of Christ and the spirit of Elijah will forerun Jesus' second coming. There, John is to prophesy, preach, promulgate, pro- proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness to all nations. He is to again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings, what he has eaten, not in Pentecost, but in this throne room revelation. Where did he get it? Well, in Revelation 4, verse 1, a door opened in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with him, saying, Come up hither, not in rapture, a higher level of glory, and I will show you things. Those are the things of faith that we've been earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That faith is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, to understand the words of the book of this prophecy. And John, there it was given to him and signified by the angel, sealed by the angel unto John. That is the body of Christ and the last day present truth of the word of God before the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's very important that at that time, there was a former reign with Peter being given the keys of the kingdom and preaching on the day of Pentecost. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel, the former reign, as we saw read by Joel in the second chapter. But now this will be the latter reign. How do we know that? Because there's a great rushing. A sound of a rushing mighty wind happened in Pentecost. They were in one mind, one accord in the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Well, as we see in Ezekiel 3, there's going to be another rushing mighty wind and immediate, suddenly, of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, uh, after Ezekiel had written and eaten this roll, that he said, uh, speak that word, whether they were here, here or whether they will not, whether they will forbear. Verse 12 in Ezekiel 3. Then the Spirit took me up not a rapture. It's a higher level of glory. And I heard behind me a voice of a great rushing. That's a rushing mighty wind. That is the Shekinah glory of God, the Holy Ghost. Saying, blessed be the glory of the Lord from his place. And I heard the noise of the wings of the living creatures 
the noise, well, the, the wind bloweth whithersoever it listeth. And we hear the sound of it, but we know not whither it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We just follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, leaning not to our own understanding. This is what's happening here. The noise of the wings of the living creatures that touched one another. That's a unity of the faith. And the noise of the wheels over against them. The spirit of the living creatures is, is in the wheels. And a noise of a great rushing. That's a latter rain of the Holy Ghost. The final glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. So the spirit lifted him up. Ezekiel said, and took me away. And I went in bitterness. That's the bitter, bitter herbs. Uh, his belly being bitter. Sweet to his mouth is honey, but bitter to his belly. I went in the bitterness in the heat of my spirit. That's righteous indignation. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Now, it's very important that we see that the glory of the Lord he saw by the river Chebar was there over these cherubim, which are the living creatures that we see the Zoe in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which are exactly the same, the body of Christ and our glory. We're going to see in Ezekiel 10 that uh, in verse 18, then the glory of the Lord departed from the th off the threshold of the house of the temple of God, of the church, that threshold. Well, the threshold, a threshing floor, a threshold, it's at the very door, and stood over the cherubim. These are the angels to the seven churches. These are the two sons of oil that's going to empty out of themselves the golden oil. These are the two olive trees, which are made the cherubim of glory, Ten cubits high, five cubit wingspan of each wingspan in the holiest of all, anointing the most holy place. And we said at that time, they are the ones that are going to bring forth this man's hand. And we find that when we find in Babylon, and Daniel had already served under Nebuchadnezzar, and then Belshazzar comes along the grandson, and as he's having a great banquet and the vessels of the, the Lord they're drinking out of and, and having a high old time, eating, drinking, be merry at the vessels of God. And at that time, there was a writing on the wall of a man's hand. Many, many tickle you, Farson. You're found weight in the balance and you're found wanting. The kingdom is ripped from you. There's a change coming. Yes, it is. The kingdoms of this world are going to fall. God's going to famish every God of this earth. And it's going to begin in and through Christ in the body of, of the Lord, the church of the living God, in the last day reign of the Holy Ghost, the last great reign of his strength. We're going to see that at this time that it's at the foreheads. You're sealed in your forehead. Look at Ezekiel 9, and it says that there were six men. 
that came with a destroying weapon in their hand. And there was another man with a rider's inkhorn by his side. Seven. And notice that, behold, these six men came at the hired gate, which is toward the north. Now the glory of the Lord, out of the sides of the north, but we also see that it's out of the north a great evil shall befall all the inhabitants of the land. That's the second vision given to Jeremiah. And it will befall all the inhabitants of the land. A time of trouble, a time of evil, a time of great tribulation. And every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. Mm. And one man among them, that is that one with a rider's inkhorn, clothed with linen, a rider's inkhorn by his side, well, we're going to have a ceiling here that we read about in the apocalyptic ceiling of Revelation 7. Before they hurt the earth, the trees, and uh, uh, the, the sea, the water, and the trees, it's going to have a ceiling of the servants of God in their forehead. Well, here's the writer's inkhorn by side, and they went and stood beside the brazen altar, the uh, Altar of burnt offering, the brazen altar, is the altar of judgment, brass. Look at verse 3 of chapter 9. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. Now that we're going to be measured, that's a rod, a reed like unto a rod given to me, John said, Revelation 11, 1 saying, Rise, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out and measure it not. And the holy city is given to the Gentiles, and the holy city shall be trodden underfoot forty and two months, time, times a half, three and a half years, a thousand two hundred three score days. And he called the man clothed with linen, which had the rider's inkhorn by his set, and the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, all that, uh, that, that heavenly city, Jerusalem, uh, there that are called by the name of Jesus, set a mark upon the forehead. There's your sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. And that seal is a tab. It's not an aloft, beth, gommel, daleth. It is a tab. It's the last letter of the Hebrew abecedary, which is the full circle. It is the last letter. It's the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And you can't receive that seal unless you've grown up into him in all things, from the Allah through the Tav, the A to the Z, the Alpha to the Omega. And set a mark upon their foreheads. That mark is a Tav, that's a ceiling, of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Well, for the adultery, fornication, lying, cheat, stealing, drunkenness, that are crying out for, for the souls of them to be saved, to come to, the, to the, the throne, to the altar of repentance, laying before the throne of God in repentance. Then he said, go through and slay all. Well, we got to have that mark. We have to have that seal, sealing the servants of God in their forehead. And then the glory goes from that threshold over to the cherubim and they go out. And we see that uh, in there in Revelation, in Revelation uh, uh, 8, that there are fire and coals from out that altar, 
and fire, and it's thrown from there into the earth along with the prayers of the saints with much incense. Well, here we have in Ezekiel 10, verse 2, and uh, that's a sapphire stone, which is Simeon to hear to understand. Verse 2, and he spake unto the man clothed with linen and said, go in between the wheels, even under the cherub, and fill thy hand with coals of fire from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city. That's where we have the trumpet judgments of God. In Revelation 8, here it's happening there, and it's through the body of Christ. They will be instruments that God will use in judgment. We see that in Psalm 149. To execute the, the judgments written, to bind their kings and chains and nobles and fetters, fetters of iron, to vendor the vengeance upon the people of God, this honor have all the saints. Now that is not the day of the Lord when judgment's given to the saints of the Most High God because we see in Psalm 148, there's hail, fire, and snow, God fulfilling his word. It is the last call upon the earth, O earth, 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 hear you the word of the Lord and receive it and be saved. But if not, let the wicked be wicked, the righteous be righteous still. And uh, those that forbear and will not hear the word of God will be destroyed. It's God's final call. And it is in a loud voice of the trumpet, just as it was in the days of Moses and the exodus of Israel out of Egypt. The Lord descended on Mount Sinai. He shook the earth at that time. And the voice of a trumpet, the shofar, became louder and louder, crescendoing to where the people, even Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. The people of Israel said, uh, the whole congregation said to Moses, Moses, you hear the Lord and you bring his word to us lest we die. It was that fearful. It was that great uh, shaking of an earthquake. He shook the earth. But in Hebrews 12, we're talking about a, a work that God is doing and is just right now ahead of us to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Lord hath promised. Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, the Lord said, not like I did in the days of Moses and delivering Israel out of Egypt, but I'm going to shake also heaven that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Every man-made doctrine, every man-made of the flesh world eyes of, of lust of the world, the pride of life and the lust of the flesh, the world will pass away. But before that, will there be a great move of God to save that which is lost to those that will have an ear to hear because God is merciful, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. His mercy endureth forever the love of God that passes all understanding. The coals there that we see in the trumpet judgments of God, along with the prayers of the saints with much incense, and the fire off the altar 
cast into the earth. Well, here's the coals of fire between the cherubims and scattered them over the city. And he went in my sight. And we find at this time in verse 4, the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house. And the house, the church of the living God, was filled with the cloud. The kind of glory, the Holy Ghost power of God. And the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. How far did this voice of God reach? Next verse. And the sound of the chariot, cherubim. The cherubim, the living creatures of Revelation 4 and 5. The ones that are used in the white, red, black, and pale horse rider. The ones that are proclaiming this gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Ghost. In that latter reign, the last great reign of his strength, in that fullness of power, far greater than Pentecost. Now, for Pentecostal reign was a moderate reign, a former reign. Wonderful. But this will be the last great reign of his strength. God revealing his glory in and through the body of Christ. And that sound of the cherubim's wings, the wings of what you flap on the wind of doctrine, and we hear the sound of it. And so is everyone that's filled with the Holy Ghost. And that noise from the wings of that preaching of that gospel was heard even to the outer court as the voice of the Almighty God when he speaketh. The outer court is given to the Gentiles. It's the voice going into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. God's mercy going into all the earth. Somebody says, well, it's fearful, it's judgment. Of course it is. A man will not change unless he goes and sees the power of God. There's been too many that think the kingdom of God is in enticing words of man's wisdom and having long sermons with $25 words. That's not it. Can you demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost that's in you? Then you're not a minister. You might be a preacher, but you're not a minister. There are many, many thousands of preachers and very few ministers. Why? Because we have to not in words of enticing words of man's wisdom, making merchandise of the people, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. Let's see what you've got. You say you have it, let's see it. And that's why every time we have the DBM team when we preach there, we know that if it's the word of God, God's going to confirm his word with signs, divers, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. He's going to confirm his word. We don't follow the signs. The signs follow the word. If you're preaching that infallible word of God, the unadulterated word of God, God's going to confirm it. So when we get through whatever it is, teaching or preaching or wherever, morning, evening, night service, whatever, we simply say, those that believe this word of God, you need something from God, stand in this line. And God's going to, God's going to confirm his word. And he always does. He's done it uh, that with, we've seen the blind eyes open, the deaf mute speaking here. We've seen legs grow, uh, not us. 
the power of God. It's his word. He's confirming his word. It's a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost, not of us. It's him, all of him, nothing but him. But if you're not bringing the true word of God and you prophesy uh, through the soul realm and not through the spirit of God, then you're prophesying out of your own heart. And the Lord will judge it. And he says, the prophet is hatred uh, and the house of his God. Well, if we do not speak according to the Holy Ghost and speak in our own will, then God's against us. It's very important that this glory that we are experiencing, going to see here in the latter days, is the fact not something man-made doctrine or uh, some kind of uh, worldly uh, prosperity gospel, but is in demonstration power of the Holy Ghost in the kingdom of God, the kingdom being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, the witness and the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, God confirming his word. And that's what he's doing now. He's preparing the body of Christ to those that have an ear to hear. It's far greater than Pentecost. That's fine to preach the first principles or the oracles of the doctrine of Christ. That's wonderful. It's true. But we're leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go into perfection. We have to leave the baby pool and get out in waters to swim in. We have to go into the deep. The deep calleth into the deep, but very few are answering. That's done by the water spout. And that's where you are called, and the body of Christ is called to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to get into the actual individual trumpet judgments. It is the cherry beam of glory, and they will be ones that will literally kill you claim and proclaim this word to all that are in the world as a witness. It will be witnessed by the Holy Ghost in the signs, miracles, divers, miracles, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. And we'll see that it's not only the redemption miracles of Jesus that the body of Christ will do, but it's also the judgment miracles of Moses famishing all the gods of the earth, as well as the kingdom miracles of Elijah than the restoration miracle. All be worked at one time. It's never been done before. It is at the door now. God's preparing his body for that. It'll be a new thing the world's never seen before. Greater works than these shall you do because Jesus said, I go to my father. He went back glorified of the father's own self sat down with the Father in his throne. He's that spirit. He made himself of no reputation, humbled himself to become a man, death, burial, and resurrected, and went back to his former glory after he took the ordinance of the law, nailed it to his cross, thereby making peace and one new man, him, Jesus Christ, the man, being made a quickening spirit. That gospel will be preached in all the world. There won't be a trinity. There won't be a binary. There won't be a oneness doctrine standing. The ones that coming to the true Jesus, the true doctrine of Christ, will be the ones that will enter into the kingdom of heaven doing his will. And that is what we're all called for. So if this has been a witness to you, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit, bearing witness in your conscience that it's a true word of God, then we'd like for you to call us. We'd like to meet you, work together. We're having many 
literally thousands of ministers all over the world, dominantly right now in uh, Africa, India, uh, there, and many that are messaging from uh, third world countries, China, Germany. Uh, this is great. This is wonderful. We want to hear from you. Uh, as well as America. America has been given to a prosperity gospel for so long. Uh, sometimes it's harder for the, the ones in America to, to hear. But God's judgments are coming into America now and uh, to reveal his glory. Not to destroy America, but to get us to turn back to the Lord. For he's torn, he will heal us, he's smitten, he will bind us up. And uh, many of the uh, afflictions of the righteous, but God delivered them out of the ball. And uh, that's exactly, and it forgiveth all that iniquities and healeth all that diseases. Uh, so we will also aspire to uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as a nation, one nation under God, uh, indivisible with liberty and justice for all in the America, the United States of America. You're not gone yet, you're still. The remnant of our seed, the ones of the true God and eternal life, they keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. These are the ones that are going into the last day truth. It is not Pentecostal. I reiterate that again. Let me say it again. It is not the Pentecostal reign. It's a new thing. You can't put this Pentecostal reign into the new wineskin. It will not. It will burst. You have to have a new wine to be put into the new wineskin. Thereby, both will be preserved. But we'd like to hear from you. Uh, my country code, please call, leave a message. I'll get right back to you. Uh, we're having a tremendous amount of calls. And the country code is 1 plus 903-746-4885. Again, country code 1 plus 903 746-4885. Leave a message, I'll get right back to you. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or visit us on the website, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Thank you for your personal support and your generous offers. More by Keep Podcast coming to you over the various sites. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.